Have you ever had one of those moments where you feel completely paralyzed by overwhelm? And then you feel an incredible amount of shame at your inability to cope with your overwhelm? I have, but guess what else I have? Support from one of the greatest coaches of our time, Ben Kiker. I recorded this very candid conversation for you so that you would have access to him too in your moments of overwhelm. In this conversation, Ben and I talk about how I got over the proverbial wall at that moment, got out of my own way, and back onto a path of growth and expansion. And I got to tell you, it was a little bit uncomfortable for me to record something so private and so personal, but at the same time, it was kind of freeing. If we were all a little bit more honest about what really plagues us, we might all be a little less tortured and a little more compassionate, definitely a lot more willing to forgive ourselves and others. You've heard Ben before on my podcast. He was my season two opener, which was episode 16, Let Go or Be Dragged. And back then I was just a fan and a friend, but eventually I became a client. And if you've ever wondered what it's like to work with a really good performance coach or business coach, you're about to find out. Let's dive in. So one of the things that I want to do when we get started mm-hmm. and we talk about the original way that you reached out to me when okay. you said, I'm overwhelmed and I can't yes. stop beating it. Remember that? So anyway, you can tease that do out I of me at all. I remember that? <laughs> Honey, I was living it. <laughs> it all sure that You might me. have to remember my, my exact phrase is like, help me, I'm drowning, I think. Actually, I think the, the title of the email said, <laughs> help, period, like seriously, period. That was the title of the email. And I got the email and I'm like, huh, what's going on with her? Yeah, yeah. And then and then I got into the email and then you basically said I'm I mean overwhelmed and let's just I get into it. I, I'll up. tell you what, I have had success in my life and I have a career that I love. I've I've made a cool existence for myself. But about every five years or so, it's like I run out of runway. And the runway I'm on is no longer the appropriate size for the airplane I'm flying. I'm just going to use that (laughs) metaphor. It's like, I'm just, I've outgrown my jam. And I hit this point and it was partially because of the podcast doing well and more business coming in, but just a bunch of stuff was happening at once. And I'm like, I am fucking flailing. And then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't have to live like this. I can call Ben (laughs) Kiker. He will know what to do because he's the get shit done expert. But I really struggled with calling you. And part of of why I want to do this episode is I want, like, I think there's a lot of people that have outgrown their skin and they need, they've hit a plateau, they've hit the wall, they need the next big jump. And there's something, number one, it was complicated because you know me. And I'm like, now he's really going to know me. He's going to know what a hot goddamn mess I am. (laughs) And then I have to own all my shit. It, and I have to own it with someone who knows me, who I admire and love. But now you're going to know that I'm a mess. Like there was a lot baked in. And I think people don't go get help because they're afraid of showing their underpinnings. And I was like, oh. fuck it. I'm just going to show my underpinnings. I, well, I am, I am grateful that you did. And I hope the discussion that we have today helps other people do that. Because, because yeah. here's the deal. Yeah. When I opened that email yeah. and you said, I'm overwhelmed and I can't stop beating myself That's, up. That was it. I'm overwhelmed and I can't stop beating myself up. That was it. The vast majority, I would say probably 80% of prospective clients that reach out to me, they have some version of that statement. 
they're overwhelmed. And these are like you high performing folks, yeah. right? Yeah. And so And there's shame around needing that help. And there's shame around needing it and how do I ask for it and what do I do? Mm-hmm. And one reason why we beat ourselves up is because we're looking to scale and expand. And you know, this feeling of being overwhelmed is essentially a wall. It's a barrier and we got to figure out a way over it. And the work that you and I did together, Mm -hmm. which we'll get into a little bit more detail Mm -hmm. around, is very similar to the work that I do with other with other clients, which is is coaching them over that wall by helping them build a plan to get in action. Yeah. And then build resiliency to stay in action. That's and right. that's the essence of what we did. Yeah. You and I created a plan mm-hmm. to help you get in action. And then we built helped with resiliency to stay in action around that plan. Well, one of the great gifts you gave me though, Ben, was, you know, because I am a solopreneur, as are you. Yes. You know, I'm in my head all day. And then I have these flashes where I'm working with clients and then I, I work with the client or I get off stage or I finish recording. And I'm like, oh good. I did good. I'm doing the I am good at this. God damn it. Good. I'm gonna do more. I'm gonna do more. But then I go back into my head and I'm like, who do you think you are? You are not all that. You don't know shit, girl. You think you got a business? You don't have a business. Okay. So that is a perfect tee up for something that I'm going to draw. Okay. And then I'll have you explain what it is that I drew. Okay. And then this is something that is so critical. It's such a big concept and framework that literally, if your listeners stopped listening after this, <laughs> which I hope they don't. Which they won't. That, which, we're, we're so compelling. We're going to get other good stuff out there. Don't. It's so good. It's so important. Okay, so here's wait, what it is. I, okay. Are you ready? Yes. Oh my God. Visual aids. Okay. What I'm looking at is a black line that looks like the horizon. And on the left, it has in red contraction and on the far end of the line on the right, it says expansion in green, which is the color of money, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Here it is. Tell me. All of life is a series of expansion and contraction. That's mm. true. Hey, Sal. When oh, I, hi, Sal. Hi. hi. <laughs> no way. Oh, uh, you, there's actually something about you in all this, my friend. I mean, he's so getting famous. I, you look like you're scurrying out of the house. I, I... Pull up a chair and... <laughs> I, My, I, I had yeah. a listener tell me like, oh yeah, and your husband Sal. And I was like, how the hell did you know my husband's name? She's like, oh, you talk about him in your podcast. <laughs> you do talk about him on the podcast, by the way. It's because I love him. Good seeing you. Good seeing Bye. you as well, my friend. Love you. Have a good it's day. Right. Go ahead. All right. So all of life mm-hmm. is expansion and contraction. Mm-hmm. What you just described when you really have that moment that you are in the zone, you're in the flow with a client and you just know that you're doing great work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they tell you, Oh my God, that session, that phrase, great, made a huge difference. Right. That is incredibly expansive. It is. So what follows an expansion is a little contraction. And so what was happening yeah. with that that sort of beating yourself up a little bit is that you were feeling a little bit of contraction. You did something really big and super expansive, and you were feeling a little contraction of that energy. But instead of just acknowledging it and going, yeah, I'm feeling a little contraction right now, 
your insane thought generator is like, girl, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Don't get too big for your britches. Don't get too, and it literally started taking, you want to think about something? Here, I'll give you, I'll give you something. I'll give you something to think about. I'll give you something to think about, right? And when all you simply need to do, so so here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. The next time that you have a session like that with a client and you feel super expansive Mm -hmm. and then you start feeling a little bit of contraction after that, just acknowledge it and go, huh, I'm just having a little contraction right now. Oh my God, that's so powerful. That's all I'm doing. What the ego likes to do, I've noticed, is like that insane thought generator, aka the ego or whatever else you want to call it, when I'm fixing a sleigh, It'll attack me by being like, oh, I think you should clean the kitchen first. Or you've done this speech a hundred thousand times. You don't need to you practice. Don't need to work on it. And I have to deal with it and face it and get past it. And then when I've done slayed already, when I'm done with the slaying, then it gets me by being like, well, don't get too big for your britches. Don't get too big for your britches. You know, <laughs> just because they liked you doesn't mean the next group is going to like you. Right. Just because that worked out well doesn't mean it's going to work ever right. again. And I love acknowledging that that's just a part of the continuum of expansion. Right. right. I wonder if there's like some sort of physics. I bet you there's something, in sure. some law in physics sure. that echoes that. So one of the things you did for me that was, I am still so grateful for is you told me, Point blank, after I divulged how crazy my thought patterns are, you looked at me and you said, you have a gift. You have a gift. And it was like, it just cut through all the mental bullshit. And I was like, thank you. Because in my head, I'm like, you're just pretending to know things. You don't actually know things, right? And to have Ben (laughs) say, no, Bronwyn, you have a gift. Then from that lens, I can go, okay, maybe I do have a gift and how might I protect and develop the gift versus letting the ego get into my skull. Like for people listening, you also have a gift Yes, that needs to be developed and protected. Yes. Right. And what was happening, and I want to go back to the expansion and contraction framework. What was happening is you were coming up on a wall that was preventing this next big expansive shift for you, this next big moment to scale. And so the feeling of being overwhelmed, the feeling of beating yourself up. Remember one day I asked you, what does that do for you? What does walking around all day, being overwhelmed and being tired and beating yourself up, what does that do for you? It's literally nothing. Nothing, Nothing, right? Nothing. And more importantly, it doesn't allow you to be of service with that gift to your clients. That so what was happening is, is back to what I drew, mm-hmm. this constant feeling overwhelmed, mm. the beating yourself up, kept pulling you back to contraction. That's right. And so what we did was help you over that wall, coach you over that wall to move more toward expansion, more towards scale, more toward a growth mindset, a growth orientation. That's right. But it started with really nailing and before we did all that work, Mm -hmm. it started with, let's talk about you, your true north, your gift. Yes. And when you said it to me, I'm actually getting chills now because when we talked about it, you said it with such authenticity and you were so present when hmm. you said it. 
was powerful. Yeah. It was powerful. My true north, I know. And what you said, this is what I want to bring to the world, light, joy, and a new way of communicating. That's right. And so the very first thing that we did is we had to get grounded in that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then we could talk about how do we work to bring that to life in a bigger, more compelling way. And that's right. And okay, so pause for a second, because yeah. for me, I think about this stuff all the time. So of course, that was like right at the tip of my tongue. I know what my true north is. I have for a long time and it'll continue to evolve. But for somebody listening who's like, I don't even know what my true north is. Mm-hmm. Right now, my true north feels like covering my mortgage and car payment with my chin barely held above the waterline. Wow. And I know that that's not right, but it's real. What do you do with people like that? My immediate thought was, what brings you joy? And that's still even just sitting with it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I still like that response. What brings you joy? Let's just start there. Let's start there. And if you think about it as a baseline, true north, that has such beautiful ripple effects at work, at home, inside, outside. It's not a career choice. Right. But it's the north point on the compass. Right. Like you can't go wrong with that. It's the it's the orientating yeah. point. It's yeah. what brings you back to center, what brings you back to ground. And actually I want to read you something because I yeah. you know the way the universe works. I was listening to I'm listening to this book right now called Stealing Fire. And it's about how Navy SEALs and Google executives and yada da 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 are all pursuing altered states of consciousness as a way to break through big problems. Meditation, Burning Man, like it goes through all these different possibilities. And there was this one moment where the author says, there have been in the past 30 years in science, 46,000 studies on depression and 400 on joy. Isn't that interesting? Say that again. 46,000 studies have been done on depression 400 on joy. And the authors are like, what the hell? Like, why are we studying the darkness only? Why aren't we putting the focus on joy, figuring out how to grow that? Isn't that interesting, Ben? It is fascinating. And so, number one, makes me feel good about the answer. To the, earlier, for to the earlier question, <laughs> which is what brings you joy? Let's start there. But number two, I think it also speaks to one of the challenges that we have is that we tend to over-identify with what's wrong with us. God, say more about that. On one level, they do, mm-hmm. but on another level, they don't. And when we start getting in and rooting around, which, as you know, from our work together, I love to do. And it's one of my superpowers. It's your secret sauce. My secret sauce, getting in there and rooting around, Mm -hmm. is oftentimes folks are spending too much time identifying with what's wrong versus with what's right, what's good. That's exactly right. In fact, I want to ask you another Ben Kiker phrase that I love is active ingredient. Ah. My gift is also otherwise known as my active ingredient, right? Are those two things the same thing? Say more about that. So, So I will. Our active ingredient is very much an energy thing. Mm. And I recently did a workshop for a group of just kick-ass women. I mean, 
these are your kind of actually mentioned you and the you did? I actually did I did I mentioned you and I mentioned your podcast it's the mutual and, admiration society and, and I saw folks right they're like how do you spell that um I'm like 20 minutes story of my life and so we talked about and these are women who are senior executives super accomplished super accomplished and they are now at that step in their career where they're looking to join corporate boards. Mm-hmm. So God knows we need more women and we need corporate more boards. So part of what I did was there to really help them with how do you tell a story, mm. right? How do you tell a story that can be that can help you in that quest? So there were different elements of how do you construct that story, mm-hmm. and one of them was sharing with them. Listen. You have an active ingredient Mm. and it will not be for everyone. And get comfortable with that. Love that. Embrace that, right? And by the way, I'm glad that you do have an active ingredient. It would be a super boring world if we all walked around and we didn't have active ingredients. My active ingredient, by the way, is I'm a six foot four (laughs) tall big guy with a booming voice who has a, I think we would call it a bias toward action. This is an understatement. (laughs) Let's get going, right? Let's just get you done. Let's go do it, right? And that is not for everyone. Yeah. I loved a line that one of your guests had, Larry Kamer. Oh, yes. I'm seeing him tonight. Are you saying, please tell him that I said hi. And I love this line he said. Hmm. He said, listen, Most of us don't really like change. The only people that really like change are wet babies. (laughs) And I love that line. It's so true. Because it's it's true true. and because it connects back to my active ingredient. Look, Mm -hmm. if you're listening and you want to get an action and you want to change, call me. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's true. It's but true, but not everybody wants But it. not everybody wants to. Yeah, so you get yeah. this six foot four tall guy, booming voice, big guy who's mm-hmm. coming in talking about action and change and getting into action and building resiliency to stay in action and let's go. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to respond to that. No, no. And I've had to get comfortable for me, yeah. as I know you've had to get comfortable for you, Yes. as I reminded this audience of talented, kick-ass, get-shit-done women, Mm -hmm. that you are going to experience people that are not going to respond to your active ingredient. And wait for it, that's okay. Yep, I completely agree. In fact, one of the most glorious parts of going out on my own was knowing that anytime I went in to pitch new business, if I wasn't feeling it and they weren't feeling it, it was no problem. And I could just walk out the door. Thank you so much. Thank you next, as Ariana yeah. Grande would say. And I remember I Love went- that song, by the way. Me too. I'm so- anyway. Let's see how many pop references, references and songs oh, we can get oh, into. Oh, it's on. It is on. But I remember going into a new business pitch with the most dour, conservative- unhappy group of people I had ever encountered. And I walked into the room and I could, you know, cause I read energy like you read energy. I felt that the temperature was like ice cold, literally and metaphorically. And I did my thing and I looked at everybody and I was like, 
I don't think this is going to work. I didn't say it out loud, but I just knew it in my heart. And when I left the building, I think when I was in my younger years, and this is the gift of aging, it gets easier and easier to just accept that you're not for everybody. I remember walking out of that pitch, knowing I lost it and feeling great about it. Because I was like, I don't want to put them through the the pain of dealing with me if I'm not their cup of tea. And I sure as hell don't want the pain of dealing with them. It was such a freeing moment. But... I feel like as we age, it gets a hell of a lot easier. What do you tell people that really struggle with that, Ben? So three things, Hmm. because you know, I love my three things. I love my three things. (laughs) Uh, Number one, I want to share something that I've had to work on Mm. along the way is in that situation that you just described with that prospective client, because I'm a big energy guy, Mm. when I feel retreating energy from the room, I have to be very mindful that I maintain my energy, even though the energy may be retreating from the room. So So I just wanted to introduce the concept of retreating energy Mm. to the audience. Say more about that. uh, Because it could be helpful, right? It's when you, again, now think about when you walk into a room and you feel it. What Mm. does that feel like? Think about when you recently have done that and you've walked in, you're like, oh yeah, we're going to have some fun. Yeah. We're going to have some fun. Well, there's, there's the American version and the non-American version. Okay. The American version of ice cold retreating energy is, you know, it depends if they've brought me in and paid me to do my thing. I do my thing, but I check in. Like I can tell this is hitting people in different ways. Tell me what you're thinking. I might check in. If I haven't, if I'm just a part of the peanut gallery and I'm just there to enjoy and observe, I keep my mouth shut and I might leave early. But going outside the United States, I just recently had this experience where audiences have different cultural norms around how they transmit energy. In the UK, they're much more subdued than in the United States. And I had to remember that. I was like, I can't take the neutrality of the faces in the audience personally. Except the British Parliament. Except the British... What the hell, man? Craziness. Craziness. I love watching British Parliament. They get after it. It's like mud wrestling. They do. It's like WWF. It's awesome. But anyway, so I think the the core thing I want to say about what I deal with with retreating energy is I try and check in and figure out if there's something I can do to modulate to bring people along if I'm the guest of honor. If I am not, I have to have an internal dialogue with myself, Ben, because it brings up some really old wounds for me, feeling like an outsider, feeling Mm. like I don't fit in, feeling Feeling like I'm not not enough. Yes. I'm not enough. So I have to go back to like, where's my true North? I have to get grounded again. And what I would encourage folks to do, and it sounds like you are like me getting better at doing this, but it still takes work. Oh, it's still a work in progress. Absolutely a work in progress is learning how to stay present Mm. and reminding ourselves in that moment that we are there because we do have something to offer. I want to go back to your true north of light and joy and a new way of communicating, Mm. right? You have to hold that in that moment and know that I need to maintain my presence in this moment and stay as present as I can for this group, for this audience, for this meeting, mm. and share what I can. Yeah. And same for and me. And be of service. And yeah. be of service. Yeah. And same for me. Yeah. I need to stay as present as I can and contribute what I can and utilize my superpower 
and get in there and root around and offer hopefully a nugget or two or three or four around action. Yeah. That's exactly and that's right. It. And, you, and that's it. Because that's part of your true north. And I think it's, and I want to talk about this next, because this is another thing that was hugely helpful that you did with me. But I, I often will ask audiences when I do my authenticity workshop and we talk about presence and all that stuff. And I ask the audience, how many of you in this room have a ritual that grounds you? either in the morning or the evening or whatever your deal is, how many of you have a ritual? Because there's a part in my talk where I talk about the power of not taking things personally. And people are always like, well, that sounds great, but how the in hell the, in the real world, do you do that? How do we do that? And the answer is you got to know how to get grounded and stay grounded or recover groundedness when right. you've lost it. Now, I know that. And very few people have rituals. Very few, Ben. It's shocking how few people have actual grounding rituals. I had one, but it wasn't it wasn't scratching the right itch for me and you sorted me out. And what you did was before I even got my foot on the ground out of bed in the morning, you had me practicing gratitude for two things. One, practicing gratitude for who I am and two, practicing gratitude for what I have externally. Mm. And I remember you brought forth out of me my mantra that I love saying in the morning, which is I, before I get out of bed, I say, thank you, God, for my big, brave heart. Because mm. you can take everything from me, but I will always have this big, brave heart. And I, that is an asset that I treasure. And you helped me see that. And then the second thing is like, thank you for my house, my kids, my husband, all the, all the extras, and that can change. But that, well, that was a big deal for me. So, and I... Remember that part of our jam session? Mm. And I remember asking, what do you do in the morning? Mm -hmm. By the way, when the majority of folks, when I ask them, what do you do in the morning? What's the first thing you do when you get up? Do you know? I have a what, real good guess. Do you want to guess? They grab their phones. <sighs> and <laughs> Don't get me started. My heart sinks. My heart sinks when I do that. And depending on the rapport that I built with the person <laughs> because I don't want to scare them because you're like, six foot four and you're tons of fun. Don't do that anymore. It's right. The, why is that why? so bad? Okay. Let me tell you why it's so bad. What you're basically doing when you pick your phone up first thing in the morning is you're inviting 6 billion people into your space. Oh my God. That's why that's so bad. And listen, I had a, a client once who said, you know, Ben, when I get up in the morning, I got to de-hamster my head. Oh, that's my favorite thing. Right. It's my like, favorite thing. They've all been working all night. Yep. And when I'm they're like, oh, thank God you're up. <laughs> right. So, so we have to, and this is why I'm such a fan of having a really good defined morning practice is we've got to figure out a way mm -hmm. to get grounded, to get regulated to try to get in the flow, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the good news is you don't jump up in the morning and grab your no, phone. No, I don't even sleep don't near my either. phone. I don't sleep near mine either. It's in literally a different room. Mine, our, mine our now home. lives in the liquor cabinet. How about that? That's where I visit. I visit my phone in the liquor cabinet now. <laughs> oh, we, we could have a whole other... So it's I, such an apt storage location, is it not? I, I love it. I love that. <laughs> so, but I remember when we had this conversation and asked, what do you do when you first get up? Mm -hmm. And you said, I 
have gratitude for and am thankful for my husband, mm-hmm. for my dog. And you started naming all of these things that were around you, which, by the way, is beautiful. And I love mm-hmm. that. But that's, I said, have some gratitude for you, girl. Yeah. That's a bit, it was a big deal, Ben. Yeah. In fact, I, I still haven't found words to explain correctly why that was such a big deal. But I think it, like a lot of women and a lot of men, but I know for sure for women, we define our worth based on how much we've produced and how much we've helped because we are the helper sex, right? And that seeps into my subconscious. And so being grateful for just what I am yeah. without even getting out of bed. Right that's kind of a big deal. And to have that inform the way I show up and serve, I'm showing up and serving from a big, brave heart, not showing up and serving because I really, really want you to like me. Right. Or I really, really want to be able to say I earned this beautiful house that I live in. You know what I mean? Like that was a really, really big deal. The other thing you had me do was, and I want you to talk about this because I know the people listening (laughs) share this in common with me, the whole human race, but you had me create a document, or maybe I did this because you told me and I, I don't remember, but anyway, create a document of all the nice things people have said to me about my work, what I've contributed. And you had me look at that thing every day. And then I would add to it. And then when a compliment would come in, you wouldn't just let it slide off me like Teflon. I had to chew on it. Say more about that. Yes. So I'm glad that you used Teflon. So when we hear a negative comment or we get slighted or as my sister Paige loves to refer to it, butt hurt, <laughs> by the way, and because we've talked about ego, isn't that great? I love it's my that. Favorite. I love it's that. My She'll favorite. love hearing that too on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> Everybody in my family loves you. They uh, do? Oh, they do. I they feel do. like I know them from all the social media over the years. They, they all love you. Oh my God, I love them. Uh, and they're all excited that we were sitting down oh God, again today, by the way. That. So since we talked about ego for a moment, let's also talk about authentic self. Mm. Our authentic self is, I believe, the core part. It's where the divine lives inside of each one of us. And yep. we might come back in a little bit and have a little jam on spirituality. But, but I think of it in terms of my authentic self, my ego, and then my shadow, right? And real quick, shadow are all the hurts and the wounds and the fears, all the things that are in the shadow that I really don't want to do anything with. Newsflash, super hard to leave them all over in the shadow and not do anything with them, right? So just an, easy, trash your life. an easy construct for me is to think about what's going on right now, right? And if I'm getting offended... There's something going on with my ego because it's my ego Mm. that I think it's really hard when I'm truly grounded in authenticity. I think it's very difficult for my authentic self to get butter. My ego can get butter (laughs) all day day long, long. all day long. It's actually really true. So now I'm going to come back to the document that you created around great things that folks have said Mm -hmm. for you. The reason why that's important is because when we hear a negative comment, it's like we attach to it like Velcro. We just grab it and we hold on to it and we don't want to let it go. We want to chew on it. The insane thought generator goes crazy with it. Wants to get the scorecard out. Yep. Yep. I can't believe that person said that to me. 
or about me after all that I did for him, after all that I did, and it starts this whole thing, Mm -hmm. right? However, when we hear a positive comment, positive feedback, it's almost like Teflon. Like we literally have to sit with it. And you can probably think about this too when someone has said to you, mm-hmm. as you're wrapping up one of the engagements that you do, my God, Bronwyn, that was like unfriggin' believable. I can't begin to thank you for what you did, what you added to the team. And how often do you really absorb that in the moment? Or do you just sort of half absorb it like you're hearing it, but you're not really working to take it in? Yeah, yeah. Right? We do it all the time. I still do it. I get these great comments from folks and I'll hear it and then I'll sort of half absorb it. So back to the document that I ask you to create, and I would encourage your listeners to create as well. Mm-hmm. The reason for it is by taking that positive comment. I had a client recently that said to me, the existence of you and my life is a good thing. Oh my God. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Awesome, right? It's amazing. But I hear that and I want to sort of like, oh, whatever. I'm like, I got to take that. You so, do. that, so the reason why mm-hmm. I ask you to create a document and why I encourage your listeners to do it is because it forces us to take the additional time mm-hmm. to actually make note of that. Yeah. I've noticed that you do that too. You'll literally write it down in your notebook. Like if I say something, you'll write it down. So also this is part of dismantling the imposter syndrome, Ben. Like I know this, I know that you have to celebrate your wins and I've always, not always, but I've gotten pretty good at celebrating my wins. My problem is I only let myself celebrate them in that moment. I never revisit them again, ever. And so that document helps me stay grounded. No, no, no. I do have something to offer. There is a reason why I'm here. So I highly, highly, highly encourage people to do the document. You look like you've got something to say. Here. All right. So, so this is. <gasps> it's the Bronwyn notebook. It's the Bronwyn notebook. So to your point of writing things down on a, one of our jam sessions, you said, and I wrote this down, I'm so happy to have your CPU. I am happy to have Ben's CPU because it's it's got a lot of horsepower. I love that. Thank it's you. True. Thank you. But it's I wrote true. that down. But yeah. then I had to transfer it to this document that I could because I got to sit with that. I yeah. got to sit with that. You got to enjoy right? that. I got to enjoy that. I, I got to enjoy you. that. Thank you for that comment, by the way. You're so welcome. In fact, it's so funny. I told you we, I had a, my band had a gig the other night and there were three Ben Kiker clients on the dance floor, myself included, because I was on a break from singing and we were all like looking at each other, like, isn't he amazing? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Okay. The other thing I wanted to ask you, oh, this is big. This is big. This is not a new concept, Uh but it was new in my work stream. And that is the concept of big rocks. Can you please just, it's so goddamn simple, but game changing. It is. So the easiest way to think about big rocks are, what are your goals? What are you working on? And here's the reason why I use big rocks. So as you know, prior to what you and I do today, I spent a few years in the crazy world of technology. We had the very good fortune, by the way, of working with senior executives all day long. The products and services that we sold and marketed were to VPs of sales and marketing and CEOs and CEOs, which is actually a lot of fun because you really get to learn a lot about 
other businesses. And I'm fascinated by different businesses and business models and Mm -hmm. how people make money and grow share and scale and, and all of that. And you were real good at it. Thank you. You're welcome. I got to see you in action. Turns out that still comes in handy today, by the way, (laughs) and all of the work that I do today. And so what I found was always so fascinating when I would meet an executive and say, Bronwyn, Mm -hmm. tell me your goals. I don't know what it is about that word, but it literally freezes people. And because here's why, here's, here's what, why I believe is because when I, when you ask a senior, tell me your goals. What happens is they freeze and think, oh my God, what did I put in the deck that we presented to the board and that we presented in the annual plan or at the QBR and and they just, they get lost in this. What? So I just started getting, what are your big rocks? What are the two or three things that you're really focused on? You and the team are really working on driving today. And so that language shift, that's the reason why I used it with you and why Mm -hmm. I use it with all my clients is because it creates a much more natural dialogue about what people are actually doing today and what they're working on today. I loved that. And what was powerful for me, which might be powerful for you listening too, is for me, I don't like thinking that my big rocks are what they are and they'll never change. I need seasonal big rocks. So you and I put together a plan for what are my summer big rocks? You know, now I've got my fall big rocks and they change. I need changeability. And I feel like so many of us are just kind of slugging through this. I mean, that's like the definition of hell is everything the same, right? never changing. So I just want to, you and I went through a very deliberate process, by the way, when we worked together. Yeah, and we so did. I just want to do a quick summary of it on what we did before we got to the, now let's talk about your big rocks. Mm. So first we started with, let's just get super friggin' grounded in your true North. Why are you here? What are you trying to do? Then let's look at what are the things that are clouding that, that are preventing that, that you need to let go of, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. And it's one of the other big things is letting go. And so there were absolutely some items that you needed to let go of. Thank you, next. And thank you. (laughs) Does it count that it's the same pop reference? (laughs) I got to think of a different one. Thank you, next. Mm -hmm. And so we did some work around letting go. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, that then created the space for you and I to talk about your big rocks and then to really break it down and look at it in terms of, and I love that you that you grokked with this, in terms of seasonality, right? Mm-hmm. Because you had some very specific things that were happening for you. And so it allowed us to really look at what are the big rocks that you that you needed to focus on as you move through these different seasons? I loved it. It's incredibly, incredibly helpful. So let's, can we talk woo-woo a little bit? Can we talk spirituality for a minute? So before we move off of your big rocks, I want to talk a little bit about something else that happened in conjunction with that, mm. which was around your plan for the summer mm. and your... Do you want to talk a little bit about the summer and how you viewed the summer? Because you had a very specific, well, what your, what your plan was for Mm -hmm. the the summer. So my plan, my summer jams, my big rocks for the summer were on the work front. I wanted to book great business for the fall. 
and Q4. I wanted to finish out my podcast season strong and nurture that. And I wanted to nurture my existing nurture and delight. I now call it nurture and delight instead of shock and awe, nurture and delight. My existing one-on-one clients and my existing clients. So those, those are my work big rocks. But I also, you know what I wanted? I wanted to enjoy my children this summer. Ah, here we go. This so was my this, big priority. So And this, read good books. So this is what I'm getting after. So you had this phrase, which I loved, and we really worked on it, which is, it's my summer of renewal. That's right. My summer so, of renewal. My summer of renewal. So one of the other things that I coached you through is to say, to use this mantra, I am optimizing for renewal. renewal. Yep. So even though before your summer of renewal began, and we worked to whittle down to the big rocks that you just talked about. There are a couple of key things on the business front. There's some very critical things on the home front, personal front. We talked about I am optimizing for renewal so that if something popped up in the summer of renewal, you could use that against it and go, is this allowing me to That's optimize it. for renewal? If it is, awesome. I'll look at doing it. If it's not, I'm going to pass. I'm going to say no. And that was actually really big because hearing six foot four Ben Kiker say your job this summer is to optimize for renewal gave me permission to say it to myself because there was that voice inside me, which you remember working with. It's like, oh, must be nice. Wow. Lucky you, you get to take the summer and chill out a little bit. You're only working what half time. Gee. And you were like, okay, (laughs) that is not helping you at all. So I have that voice too. And that voice actually happened yesterday. Ooh. You want to hear about yes. it? Yes. So I just spent five days with the fam in Texas. And coming back from Texas, I flew on one of the final flights that American Airlines operated with the McDonnell Douglas MD-80, also known as the Super AD aircraft. My mom is going to love this because she flew for years for American. For American. I know Mm -hmm. that. Shout out to your mom. Shout outs. And I could totally geek out on that right now, but I won't. (laughs) I can see the wheels like grinding to a halt. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much more that I want to say about that plane ride, but I'm not. But it involved me flying from Houston with my family to San Antonio on Tuesday, getting up at oh dark 30 Wednesday morning, flying from San Antonio to Dallas, then Dallas back to the Bay Area. So just a super long travel day. And exciting, like a lot of adrenaline highs and lows. And by the way, there's a hashtag AV geek, which stands for aviation geek. On a scale of one to 10, I'm probably a two and a half or a three. I mean, I'm, I'm, you're thinking maybe more. Oh my God. I thought you were going to add some zeros to that number. Like, <laughs> But listen, but listen, yesterday I'm surrounded by people that are like 10 plus, plus, plus. I mean, there are- You found your people. I found my people. Like <laughs> they're actually wearing shirts and caps with airplane. I mean, it's, it's, oh yeah. Oh, I found my people. Did you? But you're right. But it's, but it's, so, so I'm doing all that. And I just, man, I'm loving it and fun. And I'm thinking of all the memories and all of that. And I get home and I walk into the house about two o'clock yesterday afternoon. And I am just, talk about contraction. I have a contraction in a huge way. And I go to lay down for a little bit. And while I'm laying down, my insane thought generator is saying, 
what the F are you doing? You've been gone for five days. You just splurged on, you basically flew somewhere to take a plane someplace else (laughs) that had nothing to do with actually getting you back home. For just the pure pleasure of it. Of doing it. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Thank God for my husband, Rick, who is just literally, he's like, I can't believe you're doing that again. Because this is not the first time that I've done that, by the way. To fly on a plane oh, just yeah. for the sake of flying on a mm-hmm, plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God not the bless first time. Rick. God bless. But, but super supportive, right? Like, hey, that. You do you. You do you. You do you. Go do it. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm back home and uh, that voice is going through, is going through my head and it starts to become paralyzing for me. Mm. And also saying, you're recording a podcast with Bronwyn. Are you really prepped for that? <laughs> what do you think you're going to do tomorrow? Because she's a real hard ass. <laughs> <laughs> you've got yeah. you've got two client meetings. Like, what are you doing? Why are you laying down? Why are you laying down? You bad person. You lazy. Anyway, not super helpful. So what I did is I created an anchor for action. Ooh, an anchor for action. And it started wow. with going to a Barry's boot camp class, which I barely survived, by the way. And I did that class because it got me up and it got me moving, yeah. right? It got me into action. That led to coming back home, taking our dog Rocket, shout out to Rocket, for an extra long walk. And then by that point... I was more grounded and I said, I'm now going to take a couple of hours and I'm going to work on Thursday and I'm going to spend, I'm just, I'm going to market. And by the way, I'm also going to eat something healthy, not fried chicken. Not Texas barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so jealous. It is. Oh, I love food. I know. I love that food. So with you. So that's what I did. So my suggestion for folks, if you find yourself in that situation, is to hit the pause button. And this is super important because oftentimes taking action starts with doing the following. Hit the pause button, pull up, so that you can try to create some psychological distance distance between you and I know those things go flying around. They're called Oops. pop filters, and I always send them flying. Am I okay talking. now? You, you were born okay, baby. I was born this way. Pull up. No, I, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's here's what I want to. I want to work now. I want to work the Lizzo song "Good as Hell." Oh, I love I that love song. Lizzo. I do my hair toss. Check oh my, my nails. I mean, check baby, my nails. Baby, how you doing? I mean, isn't she a gift? Well, and there's a great line in that song that says, boss up and change your life. Ooh, she has no I patience for bossing down. Love that line. Yeah, she's so, the best. So back to pull up. So here's why I'm such a fan of this technique of hitting the pause button, pull up, which by the way, comes from an aviation reference, but of course, go. of course. <laughs> Here comes another plane story from Ben. <laughs> they were calling, I really, I'm interested in working with you, but can I work with you without the, <laughs> the aviation references? So hit the pause button, 
pull up. Yep. And then create a little bit of distance between you and the thoughts where you actually can observe them without mm. overly attaching to them. And I think the other word you use for that state is being dysregulated. And the problem when I get dysregulated is I can't name it as such. In that moment, I think, no, this is just reality. Whatever terrible thought, Pat, whatever the insane thought generator is cooked up, I'm like, no, 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 I don't need to pull up. This is real. This is real. I need to see, I need to sail through this. And that is not the best way to go. It is not. It is not. But in order to detach from it, right? Because what's happened is your insane thought generator served up this story. Yeah. And your mind, which loves to sink its teeth into problems, Mm -hmm. right, said, we got a big one. Yep. We got a big one. We're going to sink our teeth into it. And by the way, here's the other thing. If it doesn't feel that it's big enough, it'll make it bigger. Oh, yeah, yeah, We need to only focus on big, meaty, hairy problems. So we invent them where they don't exist. So we create them. And then you're in safe thought. Well, I've got... I can give you three or four right now that yeah. you can marry together. So see Easy. how that works? Yeah. So hitting the pause button, pulling up, yep. observing without attaching, then being able to detach from what's happened and then come up with a game plan. So mm-hmm. for me, that looked like, let me build an anchor for action, starting with fitness. And mm-hmm. then I got through the rest of my day. Okay. I have one more question that's tactical. And then I want to talk woo-woo for just a second. Yes. The other thing you do as a coach that I think is so great is I had an opportunity come in recently, super excited about it, but also anxious about it because it's new. It's something different. And I was able to call you. And what I love about our conversation that day was that this is going to sound insane, but you took it seriously. You're like, yeah, this is different. This is new. And it does feel right. You totally validated what I, what I was feeling already, but then you just helped me organize my thinking around it. You're like, okay, this to me, there's three things. I don't want to say anything more because it's, you know, nothing's been announced or nothing's official, but talk about that process that we went through together. Because as a coach, I like to make sure that the thing I'm teaching is repeatable Mm -hmm. once I'm out of the room. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, how would you describe what we did together? Was it an organized brainstorm? Like it was so helpful and it was so grounding and it gave shape to something that was shapeless. How did you do that? Yeah, you were like, I see three things. I see I see strategy, I see planning, product, and promotion. Like it was just, it was like I had a feeling of being overwhelmed and the altitude I felt like I was soaring at was high. It was new, it was new levels of altitude, and it was making me feel a little dizzy. And there was something about the way you grounded it and organized it. And what was your you had another great thing too when you called. You said, I don't want to do the golden retriever. That's right. What what was that? It was my I don't golden retriever. The... My inner golden retriever self just gets so excited. She agrees to a bunch of shit she really shouldn't. But you said, I don't want to be the golden retriever. I want to I want to be the eagle. I want to be the eagle. I I want to be that eagle that sees what it wants and majestically soars down and snatches it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that was what you helped me do is, and I guess what I'm looking for, what I'm wishing for is the next time I get a good juicy opportunity, that's a little bit overwhelming and a little bit scary. What are some things I can think about or tricks that I can bring to bear to keep myself out of golden retriever status and into eagle status? So, The first thing that we did Mm -hmm. when you called about that opportunity, which by the way, I term in the moment coaching. So clients that work with me had the opportunity to do exactly what you just did. Hey, can I 
borrow your CPU. That's it. Yeah. And Jim, and doesn't that feel great? That's amazing. Doesn't that feel it's great to amazing. know that it's you- It's a secret weapon. Uh, for sure. For sure. And by the way, Ben does in the moment coaching on his Instagram feed at Ben Kiker, right? I do. Thank you for and that that's plug. that's the handle, right? At that ben is, Kiker. at okay. Ben Kiker. You got it right. So the first thing that we did is we hit the pause button and we pulled up from what I termed the tactical element of what you called me about and really looked at what you and I talked about being your focus post coming out of your summer of renewal and that this is all about scale mm. and all about adding extra zeros to the end. Do you want to tell folks about that? Preach. Yeah, that's a big rock for me. Ending 2019 strong and going into 2020, adding lots of zeros to my to my income. I mean, right. why the hell not? Right. Adding lots of zeros to your income, adding lots of zeros to the audiences that yes. you present to, yeah. that you get in front of, all yeah. about. And as women, saying that out loud is so uncomfortable for a lot of us because we're trained not to talk about money. We're trained not to talk about success in those metrics. You know what? I hired you because I want to add zeros to my audience, to my income. And you know what, ladies? Hells yeah, right? As Beyonce would say, all you mamas, rock your dollars. And you know, you do your hair toss. <laughs> Right now it's in my and daughter's check, velvet scrunchie, so I will not be tossing my nails. hair. I'm feeling good as... Anyway, I was trying to work my own oh, little... Lizzo. Lizzo reference into that. So the first thing that we did is we said, does this serve and how does it serve your desire of adding extra zeros to the end? Mm-hmm. So the first thing that you can do, and this is to try to calm down the love golden retriever yes, part, is just to go, okay, hold on. Let me look at, does this actually support and how does it support what I've said in terms of a big rock that I'm focused on? So that's the first thing that we did. Yep. And then we really just began to break it down after that point. Because it was amorphous and edgeless in my mind. And, and, And I think what we were, and if I remember correctly, you had a meeting coming up mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. And so what we did during that in the moment coaching was really to help give you a framework that you could in turn use for the next meeting that you had to gather more information. That's right. So rather than trying to quote, solve it, right? We simply said, does it support my big rock of adding more zeros? Check. Yes. Awesome. So I've got a follow-up meeting What do I need to do at the follow-up meeting? We talked about that. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. then we backed into a framework that could help you in that follow-up meeting. And I was so comfortable going into that meeting because I had, I didn't have answers because it wasn't that kind of meeting, but I knew what I was looking for. I had the right lens through which to get into it and to negotiate, which was enormously helpful. So so I I hope all of those things have been very helpful to everybody listening. But now I want to talk about spirituality because this is an interesting topic for you and I, because we are all, we came from the same school of Silicon Valley. We came from the same, you know, we ran in the same circles. We were business people where you don't talk about spirituality. And you and I have both pivoted into work that always leads us into some discussion of this. Yes. So I want to ask you, have you gotten comfortable yet saying the word God out loud with clients or the universe? Yes. By the way, listen, Oprah, Tony Robbins, 
that you used to talk about God all the time. Yeah. Right. So why not us? Ben? So why not us? So so I am more comfortable, and and I'll share part of what I think trips folks up. So I am a seeker mm-hmm. of spirituality, and it is one of the single biggest things that I do in the morning when I have my morning practice is to get grounded and get connected. I absolutely believe that there is something bigger in the universe than me. And I call that bigger entity God Mm -hmm. and also the spirit of the universe. Mm -hmm. And to me, the spirit of the universe is all that is positive and loving and good and the greater consciousness that surrounds all of us. Yeah, I agree. I think that unfortunately we we have such binary thinking about like God versus no God. And I find that the people that don't believe in God actually kind of believe the same thing I do, which is there is an energy that it's the force, right? Like I think the labels mess us up. But in general, I think a lot of people feel there is something bigger out there. For for sure. And I think the other thing that trips folks up is if you say, I'm a seeker of spiritual things, people immediately translate that to, he's a religious person. (laughs) She's a religion. Got religion. There's a religion thing going on there. Yeah, I'm not into that. Unfortunately, right, I'm not into that. And unfortunately, a lot of people suffer from religious PTSD. Yeah. Yes. I got to say it. I think I that's say right. And, and rightly so. And rightly so. And what happens is, and again, this we're going to get back to where we started, expansion and contraction. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, religion is very contracting, God, constricting. That is right. Right? That is right. It's, and because so many, what people experienced growing up is this very scorecard mentality, right? Of if you do this, then that will happen. That's right. If you love Jesus, then you'll go to heaven. Great. <laughs> I, we need a... What? That reminds right? me of that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Larry's like, what, love Je- what am I, gay? Like, I can't love Jesus. I'm a straight <laughs> Jewish guy. Like, whatever. By the way... And I need to give a shout out to Richard Rohr with the oh, Center of Action and Contemplation. He is, he I mean, is something. So, so talk about seeking spirituality. Mm-hmm. Talk about seeking spirituality for mm-hmm. a moment. So earlier this year, actually after you and I recorded our first podcast, I went to a conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico mm-hmm. to hear him speak. Now, if you had said to me 10 years ago, even five years ago, hey, one day... You're going to spend a long weekend and you're going to fly to Albuquerque. You're going to wear Birkenstocks. To hear a Franciscan (laughs) priest speak. I'm not Catholic. What am I? I'm not going to go do that. By the way, he is the most un-Catholic, Catholic-sounding person I've ever... He had this great line. He said, I can't think of a single Christian religion that has a healthy view on human sexuality. It's either fear-based, shame-based both. That's right. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah, it is. And I so, can't believe they haven't shut him down yet. Oh, I'm I'm sure that there are. I mean, there's got to be <laughs> gnashing of teeth in the Vatican. I'm sure that there are many folks that are not that are not, not loving him. That are not his, loving him. His interview with Oprah is amazing. It's amazing yeah. because again, it gets back to this 
expansiveness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It gets back to the expansiveness. And yeah. there You know what else I think about the expansiveness and spirituality? To me, I feel like having a playful, innocent, relaxed view of what quote unquote God is is so key to me, like authenticity, like as a coach, one of the many ways, one of the many apertures I use to access somebody's true authentic self is creating that open, playful space where we don't have to take everything so goddamn seriously all the time. And to me, that is a huge part of my spirituality is that playfulness. Well, and so, and and what you're doing when you have that, and this is what I love about what you just said, is you're able to unlock curiosity. Yes. Which is great. Yes. Right. Which is, which is great. And, and humility, like a curious, playful, humble, I don't know. What do you know? And here's the other aha for me. I don't have to figure God out. And by the way, if you don't like God, I actually don't think that God really cares what you call God. No. So I heard somebody refer to God as my soul friend. Ooh. I love that. That's good. Mystery. Glennon Doyle pick, says she has a friend something. that calls him Sebastian. <laughs> so pick something, right? Yes. Pick something. So I want to end with this. And again, this is why for me, spirituality and being a seeker of spirituality is the most expansive thing that I do. When I am sitting in the morning and I am reading and really working to connect Mm -hmm. and I read something like, I want to read this from Ilya Delio, who is also a Franciscan and really works at the intersection of science and theology, which I think is just Mm, fascinating. I do too. So she wrote, I just read this, what will it take for us to realize that we are unfinished creatures who are in the process of being created? We must reinvent ourselves in love. Mm, Isn't that beautiful? It's so And just to sit with that and to take moments of stillness, Mm. that's my big thing right now, moments of stillness, just find these moments of stillness during the day to sit with something like that. Brene Brown, above all else, I want you to know that you are loved and lovable, Mm. right? Find people who contribute to your own spiritual growth and development and contribute to that expansiveness in your life. And watch your life unfold. And watch your life unfold. I'm going to close with this about prayer. Mm -hmm. I am such a huge fan of prayer. Again, one more plug for Richard Warren. I feel like I need to send yet another check to the Center for Action (laughs) and Contemplation when when I get home today. He described prayer as built-in therapy to let go of the addiction to yourself. Oh. Isn't that great? And you can do it anytime. I know. So I I am really big about having these micro prayers throughout the day. Before I got out of the car and I came in to sit down with you, and thank you again for the invitation and for this gift of this. I simply said, help me be of service. That's right. That's it. That's the most powerful prayer of all, I think. Just help me be of service. That's it. And my new favorite prayer is help me empty my mind and fill my heart. (gasps) That's gorgeous. That's it. That's gorgeous. Well, I have one quick thing I want to read you. I want to close with a quote I just heard this morning. And I don't, I couldn't figure out who said it. So I'm going to go in and splice that in later. 
Psychology is not just the study of weakness and damage. It is also the study of strength and virtue. Treatment is not just fixing what is broken, but it is nurturing what is best in ourselves. And you have done that for me. So I just want to say thank you. Though you not be a psychologist, you are every bit that. And so thank you. Thank you, my friend. What a gift you are. Love it. Love it. Ah, you guys. I hope that helped you in some way. Maybe it's just one idea or tip that you gathered. And if you find yourself stuck in fear, overwhelm, or you feel just paralyzed, remember, ask for help. Seriously, none of us can do this alone. If you can afford to get a coach, get one, okay? Just get one. Get Ben if you can. But if you can't afford one, look at your network of friends and colleagues. Is there someone whose opinion you trust? Can you share this episode with them and say, this is what I want to do. Let's be that for each other. Can you be vulnerable long enough to get support? It makes a huge difference because as I like to say, earth school is hard and we were never meant to go it alone. Thanks for listening, you guys. And know that I've always got your back and I'm right here in the trenches with you. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. I'll see you next time.